0: Recall that video and the author of that, Michael Jackson. um, One of the greatest musicians, singers, songwriters that we'll ever know. A lot of people probably today would question why I would run Michael Jackson's video because I think there's an incredible message in there. I really do. I, I think it was inspired by God. Now, when I say that, please understand, I believe a lot of what a lot of the world does is inspired by God, challenges us. You see, when you look in the mirror, uh, you're appraising yourself, you're measuring yourself, you're evaluating who you are, and the way you see yourself in the mirror will be the way that you see the world and the way you respond to the world. There's an old saying, hurting people hurt people, and I believe that to be true. Uh, People who hate themselves hate the world. All hate begins from within, not without. The hate crimes, the things that we experience today, are a result of people who hate themselves. The worst terrorist on earth would look in the mirror, and what they would see is someone who doesn't deserve to live. And as a result of that, they take what they see in the mirror, and they take that to the world. You guys know me, if I'm one thing, is I have a heart for hurting people. Uh, When we reestablished ourselves here in the city, and I reestablished myself as pastor... Um, there was one thing I was very grateful for that the previous church I was at gave up the mission statement, reach a city, change a nation, touch the world, because that's my mission statement. That's what I stand for. That's what I believe in. I got up this morning, and I looked in the mirror. And some of you go, well, you should have gone back and showered and redid something. But anyway, when I looked in the mirror, I talked to myself because I know that I'm looking at the only person that can make a change in that person that I'm looking at. You are not responsible for the changes in my life. You're not responsible for the quality of my life. I'm responsible. So I looked in the mirror today and I said, right there's a man who needs a Savior. I did, because I want to talk to myself. I want to know that when I look in the mirror, I want to have an accurate appraisal of who that guy is in there. And you know what? When I look at me and say, you know what? You need a Savior. Guess what? I look at the world with that same, that, that same view, that same vision, which means I need, it all begins with me. You know, you may be married today, and your spouse is just not who you think they ought to be. Guess what? You need to let them look in the mirror and appraise themselves. You can't tell them to change. They have to tell them to change. Yeah, don't get too excited. I'm messing up your day because you were not already told her. you got to get this right. The reality is, if you will deal with you, you'll take care of your business. God will take care of everybody else's business. So when we look in the mirror, we have to ask ourselves, what is it I see and what is it I'm going to do about what I see? Because you're going to see the world the way you see you. If you're mad at you, you don't match up, you don't measure up, guess what? You're going to think everybody else in the world doesn't measure up either. And because of that, you're going to be addressing everybody else's flaws and failures. And you know what? Thank God you're not called to be judge. or everybody but you would go to hell. You might take a few people with you who are identical to you because you think you're all of that in a bag of chips. The reality is if you'll look in the mirror every day and address you, who you are, the things in your life that you want to change because change does begin with you. And so, you know what? It's not about when you look in the mirror, you shouldn't just be looking at how you look, how you're dressed. And I mean, how many times I, I've watched, and you women, you, you put on a half dozen pair of earrings. <laughs> this these, these goes with this outfit. <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's just, you're all worried about all of that, but when you really look in the mirror, the first thing I want you to look at is not the clothes you're wearing, not whether your backside is bigger than it was a month ago. But I want you to look at one thing, not your makeup, women, guys, not your hair or lack of. But I want you to look at your countenance because your countenance will tell the story of your soul. When you look in the mirror, are you happy? Are you smiling? Are you looking and And whoa, there are going to be a lot of blessed people today. See, the problem is we, we look at people who are positive with a good attitude and a, an incredible confession, and we look at them, and we call them arrogant. How could you say that about you? Because that's what God said about me. I was looking in the mirror. He talked to me. When I spoke, he was speaking right through me. He said, mm, when I made you, I broke the mold. Mm-hmm. I did, I did, the world couldn't handle another one of you. So I made somebody else, and I made somebody else, and and down the line. The reason is, is because as you think in your heart, so are you. If you don't like you, you're not going to like anybody else. If you don't love you, you're not going to love anybody else. If you don't appreciate you, you won't appreciate anybody else. The reason we have so much hate in the world is because we have self-hate in the world. Self-hate is the beginning of all hate. People who hate themselves hate everybody else. So what we have to work on is us. We have to work on us. We have to begin to see the value of humanity. The value that God placed on all of our lives. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. As you're doing that, let me just read a few quotes from people who talk about what happens in the mirror. Every morning, my dad would have me looking in the mirror and repeat, Today is going to be a great day. I can and I will. Every day. When you look in the mirror, you need to start creating confessions that will build you up. And because you're built up, everybody who gets around you will be built up. Because you've already declared to yourself who you are and you will live out that confession. Look in the mirror and say, Today! Look at you. You are so fearfully and wonderfully made. You're amazing in the sight of God. I'm going to get you there. Before the end of the day, I'm going to get you there. Because what you see may not be what God sees. And that's what's important. If you were to say, God's standing right here to my right... And you looked at God and said, "Do these jeans make me look fat?" God say, "Mm mm, I made that right there. Mm mm mm, all of that. There's more of that. Mm. you just got more blessing than somebody else. There's some people coming up short of what you got today. Mm, I just poured it out all over you." hmm I couldn't stop. It was so good. I couldn't stop. So just walk around and shake and bake today. <laughs> and somebody looks at that and goes, Mm, my goodness, hmm I know you're jealous because you didn't get near as much as I did from God. He didn't take as much time on you as he did me. hmm he spent some time with that right there. Uh-huh. Like all of my fictions, center is a mirror. Look into it and you'll find yourself. What you do with what you see is your choice. What you do with what you see is your choice. There's nothing wrong with finding things in your life that you feel like are hindering you from your progress, from your purpose. In fact, I hope you do find them. I can find them every day, but I always know this, greater is God who's in me than the sin that seems to so easily beset me and entangle me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today's going to be an awesome day because this is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Out of the Message Bible, verse 22 of James chapter 1, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the Word, capital W, go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. What I'm saying to you is don't just glance in the mirror, spend some time in the mirror. We're kicking this series off, Music with a Message, and I want the whole month to be a month of mirrors. I do. I want you to spend time in front of a mirror. If you just happen to be in a department store and you're just shopping, just go stand in front of the mirror. And they say, what are you doing? I'm just practicing my mirror presence. They'll think you're strange, but they'll listen. Because people always listen to strange things. <laughs> so when things make sense, that people quit listening. It really is. And so t- sometimes you just have to do the bizarre to get a bizarre response. And there's nothing really crazy. I mean, I know you. Anytime I go into a store, I see people walking by a mirror like. <laughs> on the way to the clothes rack, and then they come back and they go. Mirrors are everywhere, and we all look in them. We do. We glance. Most of the time, we don't appreciate what we see in the mirror. Most of the time. You know, it's rainy today, so all of you naturally curly-headed women, let me go to me. Here's this going to frizz. You're the only one who cares. Nobody else cares. Nobody else notices your frizzy hair. They look and go, matter of fact, women, they be looking and going, hmm, she's looking hot today. You're going, oh, I just I just hate it. It's just all over the place. Well, at least you have some. I look in the mirror and go, wow, God started pushing down on my head and started coming out my ears. I don't know how that works. I, it's like, whoop. <laughs> you go to the barber for a whole different reason now. <laughs> Take a little off the sides. No, not the head, the sides. I mean... Uh, So when you look in the mirror, do you see a loser? Do you see a liar? Do you see a failure? What do you see? Do you see a hypocrite? Do you see a hurting person? Do you see a hopeless face? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Because reality is we have not used mirrors correctly. We've used mirrors to look at our clothing and to make sure we look good on the outside. But when you look in the mirror I want you to look deep into that mirror and look deep into your soul. Look through your eyes and say, you know what? All of this is a shell. All of this will pass. But what's in here is going to live forever. What do I see in here? Do I see a fighter? Or do I see a quitter? Do I see a victim? Do I see a victor? Do I see a loser or do I see a winner? What is it you see when you look in a mirror? Trust me, last three years I've been looking in a mirror... Every day that I look in that mirror, I have to fight. That's fight. Because what I saw in that mirror on the outside didn't match what I knew was on the inside. There was incongruency in my life. And the challenge is none of us like to see the ugly things of our soul, but we should want to see them because those are the things Jesus died for. The ugliness of our soul is what Jesus paid the price. He didn't pay the price for all your good, beautiful looks. You had nothing to do with how you... If you're good looking, it's not because of you. You just had some good genes. You ended up in the good pool. You can't be looking, look at me. No, you need to go tell your mom and daddy thank you so much for creating this. Because you had nothing to do with it. You were a slimy little ball of flesh that slid into the world unknowingly having no idea whether your nose and your ears would outgrow your head. That'll silence a crowd. Number one, your life is priceless. Change your view, change your value. Change your view, change your value. Change your view, change your value. value. How do you do that? By reading... By listening, by praying, by hearing. I got this one book that I I keep. I have a stack of books that are daily devotionals. Not one, but a stack. And I just go for thoughts. I don't go for all the I'm just going, what's a great thought? Because one thought can change your life. One thought about who God made you. You look around at everybody else. Instead of looking at you, you ask the question, why do they have wealth and I don't? Why would God do that? God doesn't do that. If God were distributing wealth, why would the mafia have all the money and Christians not? God's not distributing it. We are, he is according to our obedience, but it's God who's given us the power to gain wealth. God gave us the power. He didn't say, I gave you the money, I've given you the power. So you change your perspective, you change your view. And God will get it to you. Because without faith, you can't please Him. And it takes faith to move the mountains of debt and need that you have. So when you look in the mirror, do you see a poor person or a wealthy person? I'm just going to get real today because all this is real to you. So I have this one book that I go through every, uh, you know, I, 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 this is the most expensive book I have in my entire library. The most expensive book I have. Because I needed a mirror. I needed a new mirror. I needed something that was clearer. Not a mirror that was fake, but a mirror that was clearer. Anyway, so, I didn't mean for those to rhyme. A little Dr. Seuss going on up in here. And so, I needed something that would be a proper reflection, that wasn't dingy, that wasn't, that wasn't warped, that wasn't all fake, that was real. And so in my darkest hour in October of about one of my darkest, all of 2014 was not a dark hour, that was a dark year. And I'm laying in my bed in my place down on the beach. Thank you, Jesus, for the beach. And I was watching, I turned on this Christian program, it's like 2 in the morning. And this guy's on there, and I'm, I'm never, I don't know if I've ever bought anything off of Christian TV, man. <laughs> But I, maybe I was tired, maybe I didn't know what I was doing, maybe I was walking in my sleep, I don't know. But this guy you know, says for a donation of $1,000, I got up and called. Most expensive book I've got. And yet, that book has created a proper reflection of who God is in my life. Produced faith, produced hope, produced confidence. Because I'm looking into the right mirror. You see, the Bible is a mirror to the soul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. He who began a good work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If I give, it'll be given back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me will be refuted. I know the plans God has for me, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper me, not to harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. Just to name a few. Those are the things that you get in you when you look into the mirror of God's word. And all of a sudden, things in your life begin to change. Because you begin to see things differently. Romans 5, 7 says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though For a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How did God see us before we were Christians? At this point, all the world is lost. There's no Savior. And God sees us as forgiven, as cleansed, as children. That's how God saw us. So God sends Jesus to be the mirror that shows us clearer who he made us to be and what he made us for. You see there are churches today that will preach that God is going to come back and when he does you better be ready. He's bringing a Louisville slugger with him and you are going to be the baseball. I went to a church like that. My image, my picture of God, if I looked in the mirror if if I would look and say I'm just if if this is, I'm in the creed in the image and likeness of God. Wow. He's in bad shape. Then I start reading the Bible. I start seeing who God is, which helps me to see who I was created to be. Because you and I are created in the image and likeness of God. So when I see who God is, I know who I'm supposed to be. Not what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to be. We're all so aware of what we do, that we've lost sight of who we are. And if you'll find out who you are, what you do will change. But you can't just find out who you are by what you do, because what you do is not really who you are. I'd repeat it if I could remember it. (laughs) God sees the same value in the sinner as he does in the Christian. The problem is, the sinner doesn't see the same value that God sees in them. When I was a sinner, I couldn't possibly see how God would love me. Now you say, what are you now? I'm a Christian who sins. There is a difference. I'm not a sinner anymore, but I I still sin. See, I'm not a golfer, but I still golf. You see the difference? So now I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, and so when I look in the mirror of God's Word, I see myself as born again, not as a filthy, wretched, unrighteous individual because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So now you have to place the value that God placed on you in order to live the life that God wants you to live. If you constantly walk around downcast and sad, you make a mockery of the cross. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is available to us. So every day that I give time to fear, worry, and unbelief, I just said the cross is not enough to take care of my situation. If I really believe in a resurrected Savior, I look in the mirror of the Word and say, hey, I don't know what's going on today, and and I really don't care because I'm looking in the mirror going, it's got to change because that's what the Bible says, and I see how God sees me. But when I was a sinner, I couldn't possibly see how God could love somebody like me. But while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Now, that changed everything for me. And you know what? We still live in a world where people want to set the thermostat of your judgment. You do something to them, and until you've paid the price uh, at the level they want you to pay it, they will continue to judge you, which the Bible tells us not to judge anyway, lest we be judged and we'll be judged according to the measure we judge. I love the word of God it always benefits me and it benefits you and everybody else so when I look in the mirror nowadays I don't see I don't see the same person other people see but you know what if you start seeing what everybody else says you want to see then you're not looking in the mirror you're looking at a picture they painted of you so quit looking into their picture and start looking into the mirror the picture they painted of, of plenty of people. I'll get to that in my third point if I get to my third point. Do you only see you or what you can do to impact the world? Do you only see you or do you see beyond you? The only way you'll see beyond you is to see deeply into you and what God's called you to do. Remember in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David noticed that his servants were whispering among themselves. And he realized that the child was dead, the child that he and Bathsheba had conceived out of wedlock after murdering her husband. Is the child dead, David asked? Yes, they replied, he's dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food and he ate. His servants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live, but now he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. In that moment, I believe what happened in David's life was in a moment he saw himself as responsible for this child, a murderer, adulterer, and numerous other things But in reality, when he looked in the mirror, what he finally saw was the king that he was. You see, what he did didn't change who he was. What you do cannot change who God made you to be. And you measure who you are by what you do, and you miss out on who you really are. Regardless of your stupidity, if you're born again, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, you may want to look in the mirror and say, I need to clean up a little bit because I got to change some things in my life. David says, time for me to get up and clean up, to step up, and to go up to the place of worship before the Lord. A lot of people, when they find out they slip up, they lay down instead of get up. You had a bad Saturday night. You had a bad month. You've had a bad six months. You are a wretched freaking sinner in your mind. And God says, no, 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 no. You're my child. You just fell in the mud. The fact that you fell in the mud doesn't change who you are. It changes how you look, but it doesn't change who you are. The problem is we're looking at everybody on the outside instead of the inside. When somebody's born again, you may be dirty on the outside, but in your heart of hearts, you have a cleansed heart because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Get up out of your mud hole. Get in the shower of His Word. Get cleaned up, and you'll begin to see yourself differently. See, David didn't see his future through his past. He saw through his past into his future. You have to see through your past, not into your past, but through your past in order to get to your future. And when you stand in front of that mirror and you begin to declare God's word and God's promises over your life, it will begin to change the way you think, the way you view yourself, your perspective shifts, And everything begins to change. We must agree with God's value. We have to agree with God's value. Do you see yourself as forgiven? As set free? Do you see yourself that way? Or are you still beating yourself up? And I'm I'm saying this with all due respect. I'm just very authentic. I want to be very authentic. There are people who want me to not see myself the way I see myself right now. There are people who cannot believe I'm standing up here preaching. Guess what? And I'm going to keep on. I see myself as God sees me. I have never changed in the eyes of God. I've been bought with a price, purchased by the blood, set free, forgiven, born again, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God. And there's no greater testimony in my life than when you fall down, get up and say, praise be to God, you will not keep me down. I will not quit. I will not stop, and I will not bow my knee to the picture you've painted of me. I'm looking in the mirror, and what I see is, uh uh-huh. Yes and amen. Some of y'all held yourself. God ain't holding you back. God ain't quit on you. You say, well, what I've done is too much for what God's called me to do. No, it's probably the springboard for what God's called you to do. I look at all the great men and women of the past, and I gotta be honest with you, I I cannot believe Jesus chose them. Murderers, ear cutters, deniers, list goes on. Rahab the liar. Rahab, listed in the genealogy of Christ, and she lied. Dear Jesus, go read it, think what you want to think. We have evaluated people by how good they perform and how perfect they are instead of how anointed and how called they are. This is not about your perfection. This is about his anointing. Ask David. Ask Moses, the murderer. Ask Peter, the denier. Ask Paul, the killer of the church. Need I go on? Ask Rahab, the liar. When you get to heaven, what were you thinking? Well, God told me to tell them they were gone. I can't explain that to you theologically. I've tried. I just like that it's there. Sometimes you're better off to go, I can use that. you got theologians trying to explain every detail to you like they know everything. They don't know much. God works in, work, God's work in you is timeless, never quit. God's value of us doesn't change with time, it changes with us. God's value, you, you're not more valuable today than you were 30 years ago or when I was born 35 years ago. I just felt like saying that today. I just, it just makes me feel better. God's value of me hasn't changed. You, know, you see a precious baby and everybody thinks they're wonderful. They're really not. They're just cute. They, they they've yet to exert their selfishness, their self-centeredness, their self will. They they don't know it, but they wake you up at two in the morning. You think that's cute? You don't think that's cute when they're thirteen. Why do you think it's cute when they're three months? Because you're deceived. They grow up. Their value hasn't changed in the eyes of God. He can't love them any more 13 years later than he did when they were three months old. God can't love you more at 53 than he did at 25. And God doesn't love you because you're good. God loves you because you're his. And you look at somebody and you say, they don't deserve it. Neither do you. Neither do I. I do not deserve the love of God, but oh, how I am so willing to embrace it. I'm not looking around going, okay, God, it was an awesome week last week. I did my quiet time seven straight days. Prayed. I worshipped. I didn't honk at anybody. I deserve your love. Really, you wretched sinner. We don't get it because we're good and we don't honk. I will always be a honking Christian. I don't even pray that it goes away because I may save somebody's life with my horn. The Bible never changes, but our understanding of it does. There's never a change in how God sees us, ever. God sees us through the blood of His Son. He sees us through the cross. The consequences of our decisions are the consequences of our decisions, not the judgment of God. Do you hear me? People think that God just randomly goes around punishing people. God is not punishing anyone. The Bible says he disciplines, but he does not punish. And the consequences of our behavior are the consequences of our behavior. God is not an angry God looking to smite you. I see that Baptist pastor watching me. Email somebody. Anybody. Don't email me. Change takes time and action. Give it time. Your memory replays your past. Your imagination preplays your future. Your memory replays your past. Most people have their past on rewind or just perpetual play. I can't believe I did. I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. Instead of saying... You know what? I am so glad Jesus died for me. I'm so glad Jesus died for me. I'm so glad. And just keep playing it. I'm so glad Jesus loves me. I'm so glad for grace. I'm so glad for salvation. I'm so glad for mercy. I'm so glad I'm forgiven. See, some of y'all replaying all the stupidity in your life. And that will get you nowhere but more stupid. Stop your stupidity replay. And start imagining life the way God imagines your life. Does it take work? Absolutely it takes work. The devil will have stuff coming out of your mouth that you didn't even make up. He did. And you're like, why did I say that? For 33 years, for the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself this question. You would know this guy if I said his name. If today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Trouble is, we get in a rut. God will... God's will is relentless. God's will doesn't change with mine. My will changes with his. David looked in the mirror, a murderer and an adulterer. David looked in the mirror and saw a king. If Moses were to look in the mirror, Moses would see a man who killed an Egyptian and fled from the purpose of God. But instead, Moses looked in the mirror and said, I'm a leader. That's what I was created to be. Apostle Paul looked in the mirror, and he saw an evangelist. Could have saw a murderer of God's church, but instead he looked in the mirror and said, in that mirror is an evangelist called by God to go to the Gentiles. Peter looks in the mirror. Peter sees a super apostle. Why? Because he had to overlook denying Christ three times in his darkest hour. Peter rose up instead of seeing a denier, he saw an apostle. And he said, That's what God sees, therefore that's what I see. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? What do you see? When you call someone else a hypocrite, you know what that means? You're a hypocrite because you call somebody a hypocrite. I always love it when people say, Well, you know, church people are just hypocrites. The fact that you could call someone that means that's what you are. You see, we're responding to us, to what we see in us. Once you believe in you and the God in you, only then then can you believe in others and the people that God made them to be. Don't get trapped in the mirror. Or by the mirror, be moved by the new you that you see in the mirror. If you'll fall in love with you, the God in you, and I know that some people would say, "I don't get this." Bible says very clearly, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself." If you don't love you, you'll never love your neighbor. If you hate you, you will only hate your neighbor. It's all. It all begins with what you see in the mirror. You know what I see? I see a man when I look in the mirror who desperately needs God and desperately needed grace and does every day. I see a man called of God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and nothing under earth, heaven, or hell is going to stop me from doing that. But I have to look in the mirror every day. Every day. And I have to overcome, just like you do, I have to overcome a lot of things. To get to where I am today. Every day. And I'm going to tell you my faith is this. I want to see this church so packed and flourishing. Because I want the world to see. What God can do with people who look in the mirror. And say God I see me the way you see me. And I will stand and do what you've called me to do. Because I see what you've called me to do. Some of you are doing something you hate right now. You see yourself. You've seen yourself as a teacher. God sees you as something else, so you're uncomfortable as a teacher because God's called you to do something else. That's not a sin to be where you are. It's just suffering to be where you are because you've never seen yourself as a leader. You've never seen yourself as an entrepreneur. You're poor because you've never seen yourself as wealthy because your family told you you'll never have anything. Our family doesn't have anything. I grew up in a very lower middle class home. Anybody who had anything, we judged them and we criticized them. We talked about them as though they were thieves because we couldn't see that God made us to be wealthy. So what does it have to do with anything? I think it has a lot to do with everything. I believe I'm called to change the nations, not just spiritually, but financially. When all of my collapse happened, the number one thing I hated thinking about was that I couldn't give the way I've always given. If you knew what I gave one year personally, you would gasp because I'm a giver and the greatest thing that irritated me outside of not preaching the gospel again was not being able to be the giver that God made me to be and let me tell you something I'm not giving up on that I'm believing the day will come I'll have more to give than I even need to live on and I'll say that to you publicly because I need to say that to you publicly because I will not lose what God's called me to do.